Welcome to Synth Stories. My name is Ronick Sethi. Every episode, we feature an artist or producer who shares their personal story with a specific hardware synthesizer and demonstrates how they created a sound on one of their tracks using that synth. Synth Stories is brought to you by Ask.audio. If you're interested in becoming a better musician, producer, or DJ, Ask Audio is your online hub for daily news, reviews, and tutorial articles. And in our academy, you'll discover video courses and free live masterclasses covering topics from synthesis to songwriting, mixing and mastering to music tools like Logic Pro, Ableton Live, Cubase, Pro Tools, etc. In this episode of Synth Stories, one of Brazil's best-loved music exports, now based in Barcelona, Webha, reveals his synth workflows on Eclipse. Although originally written using an Arturia synth plugin, Webha remade the main hook after he met the Roland and Studio Electronics SEO2 analog synthesizer. Take a tour with Webha as he recreates the sound from scratch using the excellent-sounding and very flexible SEO2. Hello, this is Weber, and you're listening to Synth Stories on Ask Audio. Well, I got into making music in my very early teens. Um, I had, you know, like the usual punk rock bands and stuff like that. And uh, we used to go to the studios to record the demos. I was uh, always kind of the guy that would stand in the booth with the engineer that, you know, the guy that would just... Uh, try to keep everything under control really <laughs> and um i was there you know trying to to adjust levels and you know helping the guy not helping the guy but guiding the guy out to whatever we wanted to to accomplish so i, w I was always kind of drawn to the producer uh, side of things that started to develop really early for me and uh when i got sick of having to deal with the band's issues um you know bandmates and stuff like that i you know decided to move on to the producing you know and also uh, that was about the same time i got into electronic music so it was a uh, was very smooth shift yeah but all that also happened while i was uh going to university for a dental school i was uh becoming a dentist so <laughs> i was doing all of this at the same time it was kind of a crazy period <laughs> well my relationship with the seo2 actually started um when I s first saw the announcement <laughs> that uh, Roland was uh, going to release a new analog synth, that was like, wow, finally, crazy, amazing. And then I was really interested, of course, right uh, from the get-go. But um, <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to try it out for a long time, you know, touring and everything. It's uh, heavy sometimes and you, you don't really get a chance to just go to shops and try stuff out uh, or to like, uh, you know, these big um, events like... Uh, nam or music messy or you know i couldn't really uh, get my hands on it until i went to brazil um to, on tour i think it was uh, last october i visited uh, roland's headquarters in brazil and then i they, they took over the the sc2 the the um, sh1a the drum machines and a few others i don't remember which ones exactly but um uh, and i tried them all and i first it was the first time I got to actually get my hands on the SE2 and I just, I was so, so surprised with how juicy and fat and expressive it sounded. Um, you know, I was really not expecting so much sound out of this thing, you know, it's pretty small and, uh, you know, just, it, it's, it's small, even if it was like a module for, for, for a modular, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, well laid out and everything. So I was just super impressive with it and, um, 
obviously later I managed to get one and uh, and I've been using it uh, ever since in almost everything I do, at least a little bit. Right now, so we're gonna start. We're hearing just the first oscillator and um, just disengaging sync and filter envelope and cutouts and blah blah. So I made a simple sequence, just uh, straight up 16th notes, same note. And uh, I'm just gonna be tweaking around a little bit. And while I tweak this, the parameters, I'm gonna be speaking over it. And uh, I'm not gonna go over in depth <coughs> with the sequencer because it's a really, actually, a really fun part of the synth. I'm just going to show a little bit of the of the strength of the synth and how much uh, flexible it can be um, with, the, with the sound engine w without even going into the sequencer. So first, <coughs> this is just a pretty uh, simple uh, triangle wave. The filter is all the way open and you don't hear all the many harmonics because uh, it's just a sine wave. And uh, but you can actually uh, start modulating things and uh, to to get them to just uh, that one sine wave, which is pretty clean, to just get start start to, to feel dirty. So with that, I'm just gonna actually close all the filter down and make the oscillator two modulate the filter frequency. So what you're hearing now is me tweaking parameters on the oscillator two. And that's changing the character of the only oscillator up, which is the oscillator 1. And the filter being modulated by oscillator 2. So that's already... Even when you change the pitch of oscillator 2, you can hear it differently. So... And then you don't hear nothing. So this is a mix of uh, both the oscillator 2 modulating the filter and some of the signal going through. And then when you start adding resonance and the feedback, then things get really weird. And then you can add uh, some LFO action to the filter as well. And then you get already some movement without even changing notes. And then if I add the oscillator 2 into the mix, you get a dirtier sound from the feedback. And then I can do the oscillator 3 on a higher pitch. And then I can make oscillator 3 modulate oscillator's 2 frequency. And then you get some sort of atonal sound. And then I can sync oscillator 1 to this as well. Thank <laughs> you. 
Then things get really gnarly. <laughs> All of just one starting point of a single tri triangle uh, waveform. And then also all of this that you're hearing is just triangle waveforms. And uh, only there's also one sine waveform from the LFO. So this can get a really, really wide range of sounds uh, just by using all the modulation features that you get from this synth, uh, especially the cross modulation, uh, which is amazing on the synth. And you can also use that on the sequencer uh, per step. So you can modulate uh, some steps differently than others. So you get a, a lot of movement from those things. And uh, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty flexible thing. Eclipse was conceived actually while I was uh, on the road. So I was uh, in the US uh, early last year, like maybe in February or March or something like that. And I was uh, just walking, uh, taking a walk over uh, Hollywood. And uh, that suddenly the, the whole hook idea came to my head. And um, there, there's actually two hooks, a little melody and then the main bass sequence that's where I use the SE2 on. Since I didn't have it with me back then, and uh, I, I don't even know if it was released at that time anyways, but um, I came back to, to the hotel and I, I wrote the whole, uh, the all of the parts using just software. And um, the the software I used initially to, to write the bass sequence was uh, the Arturia Mini V. I love it and I use it ever since it was released uh, in the earlier 2000s. It's just my go-to for Moog sounds initially. And then, uh, especially when, I'll, when I'm on the road, that's, uh, you know, I just go from there. But every time I played it after it was done, it was always a little bit short um, on the... It was... Maybe it was not my uh, sound designing. <laughs> it was not the best one. Uh, but uh, it just... It, I always felt it was missing something, you know, some juiciness. I try to uh, process it with a lot of other plugins to, to give it that kind of uh, edge. But it was always not uh, what I wanted uh, completely. After playing it for almost a year, you know, uh, uh, finally the track got signed uh, by drum code, and I, I I had to deliver the pre-master, and that was right about the time where I got the SE2, the SEO2, and um, since it has a lot of the same ideas, the same concept, uh, the same uh, structure of the mini Moog uh, with the three oscillators, the mixer section, the the kind of envelopes, you know, the way the ladder filter. So all, it shares all of the same concepts. So it can be kind of compared to what a mini Moog uh, Model D is. So I try to uh, replicate that sound with the SEO2. It wasn't so easy at first because the whole design is very different. The envelopes are different, the way they are designed, and the, the, the filter is very different. The way the mixer, <coughs> the headroom of the mixer is different. So, you know, you, you can't really dial in the same settings and get the same sound. When I was trying to do it, I just came across a sound that actually I preferred. And then that actually got me closer to what I had in mind when I initially wrote the part. That was really good. And I uh, was really surprising because uh, I also, you know, I was just instantly much happier with how it sounded and uh, it was much easier to fit it into the mix uh, after I had that. And I, I could remove some of the uh, the plugins I had. So I'm just going to start here. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit the original sound from the Arturia Mini V. I was using the Mini V3 
I'm just gonna play it a little bit and I'm gonna open up the filter and close it uh, just so you can get an idea of how it sounds and how it sounded initially when I was uh, using it on the track. Then I'll move on to the SEO2 and open the filter and close it a bit just to get the same idea. So this is the Arturia Mini V. So that was the Mini V, and now I'm gonna just play a little bit the SEO2. So you can hear how um, how much more juicy and 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 expressive it is uh, right off the bat without any processing. So I got actually closer to what the SEO2 sounds like with a lot of other plugins inserted into the uh, Twilio one. And then we can kind of rebuild the patch now from scratch. So let's start from the oscillator section um, to recreate it. I'm gonna increase the level of the first oscillator. And that one it's just the oscillator one playing with the filter all the way open. So that's just a normal sawtooth. I've actually used all of the oscillators on the same waveform, uh, so they are all sawtooth waveforms. So that makes it e easy to recreate the patch uh, also right away. Uh, I put it on 32 here on the range, so it's a lower range. It's bass here. So that's just the the, the first oscillator, and um, the filter settings uh, and the envelopes. We're gonna go to get to that later. Um, it's easier to just keep it like this, so we can hear the notes separately for now. Um, so the first oscillator, I would just uh, it goes almost up to half. I would say some somewhere around. Um, for the slightly before five on the SEO2. And then the second oscillator, let's bring that in. That's the second oscillator on its own. And that one is also a sawtooth and it's uh, pitched up an octave higher. So it's uh, the range is on the 16 it's higher in the mix than the oscillator one. So that one goes a little bit, uh, almost closer to six. And then from then there's just the oscillator three. Oscillator three is also a sawtooth wave and it's also on the 16 range. Uh, if, no, it's sorry, it's on the 32 range. So that's the, 30, the third oscillator on its own, very similar to the first. But it's slightly detuned, so that's the case with both the oscillator 2 and 3. They're slightly detuned from oscillator 1. So they give, you, give us that chorusy sort of... Uh, sound so 
so so this is this is what it would sound if everything was in perfectly um, perfectly in uh, in tune with each other not perfectly but closer to it so here's light phasing but not a uh, completely detuning chorusy vibe And as we start detuning the oscillator two and three, we get that more like uh, the wider sort of sound. Not wider because it's in mono, but you know. Uh. Rave. <laughs> so that's the oscillator bit. There's nothing fancy here going on on the sync or on the cross-modulation section of the SEO2 because <clears throat> originally I made this patch on the Arturia on the Mini-V which is a, a Mini-Moog Model D reproduction which doesn't have originally any of these features so you don't have the cross-modulation on the old uh, Mini-Moog and um, so I didn't use it although I, I sh maybe should have now in retrospect to give that edge that I wanted, but you know, it sounded already very good without it. That was the, the oscillator section and the mixer section. So uh, oscillator is the mixer just to, to uh, replicate it again. The levels on oscillator one should be about for halfway between four and five, then oscillator two almost on six, and then oscillator three between five and six. There is no feedback into it, because uh, I find also that if you don't want to get a super dirty sound, when you have the detuned oscillators and you push up the feedback, you just get everything really smudgy and, and fat and distorted. Uh, so, you know, if you want more definition, I don't find that it, it suits the sound very much. So I didn't use it and I didn't use any noise. And then moving on to the filter and envelopes, um, I, I used the key track uh, which tracks the pitch of the filter. So, uh, I mean, if you play a higher note, um, the filter is more open. If you play a lower note, the filter is more closed. So I turned both on, both the one-third and two-thirds, so it's completely tracking the key, uh, which is sort of how it works on the, on the VST as well. So I've done that. The, the filter cutoff and uh, resonance so there was no emphasis which is the resonance um, and the cutoff uh, initially on the track it's uh, somewhere between minus four and minus two it, it's not really fixed i was just tweaking it with my hand during that uh, when i was writing the track so <clears throat> that would be sort of the initial point but it's pretty quiet as it is so i also did some tweaking on the filter envelope i've uh, set both the VCA envelope and the filter envelope to be um, on decay mode, uh, which on the release release switch that you find on the envelope section, uh, I used it for both one and two. I also set up the, the trigger as a gate, not as LFO for the VCA envelope. The decay on the filter envelope, I've set it to somewhere between, uh, somewhere around the 500, uh, mark sustain is uh, also somewhere between two and four more closer to two though <clears throat> the contour is on normal it's not inverted and the manual trigger is down so the switch is down and then i've the contour 
changes throughout the track. That's the one thing I've modulated with my hands, both that and the cutoff and a little bit of the decay of the envelope of the VCA. Once we start moving up the contour of the filter, you will start to hear the notes more clearly and it sounds more like it is on the track. So I'm moving up the contour now. It sounds a little bit more like it does on the track. So now the cutoff is a little bit more open and then it's pretty much how it sounds all the way through the track. Besides where I actually just tweak it to add to the intensity of the arrangement. So that was the contour of the filter and the cutoff and the envelope. And then there's the envelope for the VCA. I've added a little bit of sustain to the gated notes. And uh, so the sustain should be around two and then the decay. That's about close to one, between 500 and one, but closer to one. So there we have it. It's already pretty, pretty close to what it sounds like on the track. And it just started from a single uh, oscillator with a sawtooth wave. So it's not a very uh, complex patch. There's nothing, no LFOs uh, going on into anything. There's no delays. These are all features that are really good on the SE2 and very flex, makes it very flexible. But because I also kind of used the, the mini Moog as a starting point, I didn't want to drift away so much from it initially. And um, so I ended up not using any of these uh, features and it already sounded pretty massive for me uh, for what it needed to be. And uh, I think that was already good. So I didn't mess around with it too much. My studio is very, uh, not limited, but I've, 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 I've built it up very slowly uh, over the years and uh, I, I'm not a compulsive buyer by any means. So I, I really plan out everything that I get. First, because uh, before I didn't have so much access to it when I was living in Brazil, but now living in Europe, I have more access to the stuff and uh, I just really take my time uh, thinking if I should add anything or if I would benefit from adding anything. Uh, because it can go the other way around having too much uh, maybe could scare you off and uh, you know limit uh, actually just overwhelm you and the ideas don't flow so much so all the synths i have i really do love <laughs> in uh, some way i think my favorite one is easily my mks 80 from roland um, it's a super jupiter which is like a rack mount uh, something between the jupiter 6 and 8 it was always a dream of mine to have it. And once I managed to get one, uh, it's just so uh, fulfilled <laughs> that uh, it, it's just, you know, it's my favorite. It's uh, I love the filter, how it sounds. I love how juicy the unison sounds on it. And uh, how when you sync and use the unison is just so massive. And, um, and it's not so flexible in the types of sounds that you can make with it, but uh, I just turn to it every time I need, uh, you know, every time I start a track, something, I use it in something, you know, it's uh, something I really, really love. On the mon more uh, modern uh, end, I have the mod uh, small modular system, which is also something I used a lot. 
and it's also the base for most of uh, my tracks. It's not a huge system, it's just uh, two H4 HP rows. So yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing I use a lot. Um, I do love uh, the Prophet 6 as well, that's uh, of, for polyphonic stuff. Uh, it's a really good one. And the Moog Sub 37, so for me, one of the best Moogs ever done. It sounds very different from, uh, from you know, what you would expect of a Mini Moog Model D. And uh, that's what I actually like about it. I've also used it a lot, especially and unusually for high-pitched sounds. So I use it a lot for uh, really thin stuff and percussion uh, stuff on the higher end of the spectrum that's really expressive when you use it that way so uh, i really love it touring side of things uh you know summer is always a little bit busy <laughs> and uh so i'll be flying around all over but on the, on the studio i'm i'm still very busy uh, right now uh working on my follow-up to the eclipse ep and i'm planning to to do this follow-up to have it out uh at the end of the summer so right now i'm on the writing stage of things and uh testing some tracks out uh me both me and adam are, are, are gonna be probably picking this up somewhere during the summer and uh you know to try to lock it in so i'm pretty busy in the studio right now working in this uh on the follow-up actually and i think that's actually the only plan right now for releasing because uh i'm also very much limiting my output as uh, i was I've always very uh, releasing a lot of, uh, of of tracks and singles and remixes all the time and i think that uh, right now i prefer to just road test them all like a long a lot longer and have less releases but um releases that really count a big thank you to weber for reconstructing the synth line from eclipse using his roland seo2 analog synth you can find out more about Weber's productions by visiting his Facebook page, Googling him, and of course on Twitter, Beatport, and all major online record stores. Search for him on Google by typing in W-E-H-B-B-A. That's W-E-H-B-B-A. Thank you for listening to Synth Stories.